Well, good morning. Sure good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to have you. Especially good to have our visitors here. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing for you. We like to see people be blessed. And God will bless people if you seek his blessing. And uh, it's good to be here this morning. I see the Lord has blessed you to let you be here and bless me to let me be here. You're not in the hospital. That's a blessing, isn't it? Yes, it is. So thank God for that. In our Sunday school lesson this morning, we will be discussing, if the Lord will give me some, give me a voice, uh, John chapter 19. John chapter 19. Uh, you might turn there and follow with us if you have a Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, look on with someone. Uh, but we'd like to get uh, the Word of God just like he said it. And uh, it's already been said that uh, in his house, my father's house, are many blessings. And in the house of God are many blessings. And God wants to bless people today. Now, uh, I know that uh, uh, people have different ideas and they, they have ideas that... Uh, uh, God is going to bless me because I'm who I am. But now God is in the, in the business of blessing people. He is in the business of blessing people. But it's like uh, was said in the devotion, we don't come to this life holy. We don't come to this life holy. <clears throat> in fact, uh, one of my favorite verses, not because it's uh, uh, in a way negative towards human beings, but because it's true, is uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3. And paraphrasing that verse, it says that by nature we are children of wrath. Now, that means, uh, I had one fellow to say, well, Mr. Pollard, I didn't have anything to do with Adam eating that forbidden fruit. And I wasn't up there, and if I'd have been there, I'd have told him not to do it. Well, I know you didn't, neither did I. But Adam ate it anyway, and that displeased God. And what, what we need to understand, uh, what you and I need to understand, is that God hates sin. We got so much going on today in religion that people just gets God so loving and so loving that he'll finally accept sin. That's not in the Bible. God is going to punish sin. Now, I don't want to offend you and, and, and I don't want to insult you, but that's God's word. See, now, one man said, uh, well, you don't make me feel too good saying that. I said, well, I know it, but you hang on, and I'll give you the good news. And the good news is what we're going to talk about this morning. Good news is what we're going to talk about this morning. There was a man called Jesus Christ. 
And he came from God. And he came to this earth and he lived a life, we think about 33 and a half years. And then uh, uh, he, and really, according to John, John chapter 1, he brought grace and truth. Now, there was some grace here already. I mean, Noah found grace in the sight of God. There was some grace here. But Jesus Christ was full of grace. And what that means, he offered me and you total, total, total salvation. See? But it's in him. It's not in me. It's not in you. You cannot obtain it on your own. And uh, I say this all the time, but let me say it again. I feel a need to. <clears throat> there is a popular conception out there today that uh, when we all get to the end of life and God gangs us all up and uh, we go to judgment, if my good deeds outweigh my bad, then I'll go to heaven. Now That's, that's a very popular conception. Everywhere I go, I hear it referenced that way. But can I say to you, frankly and strictly, that that's not in the Bible anywhere? I'll tell you what is in the Bible. In Psalms 39, it says, man at his best state is altogether vanity. Now you, now you ponder that a minute. It didn't say bad man. Said man is best states altogether vanity. Brother Bell read to us Wednesday night out of out of uh, the Bible uh, where it said all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Now that's not when I look at you. That's when God looks at us. Not just you, me too. Isaiah sixty four. See, so what I'm trying to say this morning is that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means me and my folks and you and your folks. See, that's where we are. You say, well, how come, uh, how come the Bible to say that about me? Because me and you got it from Adam. See, that's where we got it from. And you say, well, I don't like that. Well, well I don't like it either. But, but, but there's no denying that that's what the Bible tells us. See, like Brother, uh, Brother Chris referred this morning, that man was in the hog pen. He had done his thing. Uh, young people a lot of times say, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do my thing. He went and done his thing. Right? And where did it get him? In a hog pen. Now, now, for a Jew to be in a hog pen is the lowest place on earth that they could be. And, and you know, even for people like us, if you can't get a job but to feed hogs, slop, uh, you're on pretty low on the totem pole. You see what I mean? But what happened was that the, 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 uh, the situation that the young man found himself in, 
it, it also revealed to him his depravity. Now depravity just means that there's no good in me when God looks at me. That's what, that's what it is. Not when I look at you. Not when your mom and dad looks at you. When God looks at you. There's no good about us. All have sinned, come short of the glory of God. And I said a while ago, God hates sin. And, and let me say this carefully. As your friend, I'm not trying to be insulting, but if you don't understand that God hates sin, you will be missing what the Bible tells the human race. God don't hate you, but he hates sin. In fact, can I give you some good news? God so loved the world of mankind that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, now there you are, see, you are involved. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's how much God loved me and you. But he, don't have, but he don't love our sins. He don't love our sins. You say, well, how do we get rid of our sins? I'm glad you asked. What did the hog pen man do? Huh? Did he say, well, I'm in sin. I don't like it, but I'm going to stay here. Is that what he said? No. He said, I'm in the hog pen and I'm going to do something about it. And I know a man that can get me out. Could I say to you this morning, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, he can get you out. And I like to say this. Boy, it makes me feel good. He said, the new covenant is, I will put my laws in their heart and their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember in it no more. <laughs> you got, have you got anything in your background that you want God to forget when you come to judgment? Huh? Now don't tell me about it. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to pry in your business. I'm just saying, only you and God knows it sometimes. But God will forget that if you'll do like the hog pen man did and said, in my father's house are many blessings. And if I will go there, and, and, and Brother Chris made a good point, and this is absolutely true. He had to, he had to realize his unworthiness. See, can I say this to you as your friend? None of us deserves to go to heaven. God did not save me or you or you for our sakes. You say, that's kind of a strange statement, Mr. Pollard. God saved us, according to Ephesians, for Christ's sake. Forgive you one another as God forgave you for Christ's sake. Didn't it say that? See? So God forgave us because of his son. See? 
Now, wait a minute. Now, I don't mean, I don't mean that God don't love you. He does. But he can only love you through his son. Because his son is the only mediator. Paul told Timothy, there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And, 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 and the way God works, you and I need a mediator. See, you, need, you and I need a mediator. A mediator is one that stands in for you. See, and Jesus Christ is on the right hand of God. Paul said it three times, making intercession for the saints. God is so holy and we are so out of tune that after we got saved, if we didn't have a mediator to keep on uh, uh, pleading our cause, falling from grace would be good doctrine. But since Jesus Christ is there, and Paul, the writer of Hebrews said, he ever liveth to make intercession for us. See? He's there. So, so when you come to the hog pen situation, find out how lost you really are. And the Bible says by nature you're a sinner. See? Well, then, then you can begin to seek God. Now, let me say this. It's the duty of man to seek God. It's the duty of every man to seek God. So, but, and, and so we seek God, first of all, now the first thing God deals with a sinner about is his sins. I don't know your sins. I don't want to know your sins. But if you're not saved, God knows your sins. And the first thing he wants to do is deal with them. And he will deal with them. See, he'll deal with them now. Paul said, repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He told the Philippian jailer, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. See, with the heart man believeth. One man told me, he said, well, I believe in Jesus all my life. I said, well, you go to church? No, no. I said, well, hey, you got to, you, your believing in him has got to be more than a historical belief. I mean, the world has Christmas, the world has Easter, and the world, well, you see all the bunny rabbits and everything in Easter, but, but the death of Jesus had nothing to do with bunny rabbits laying eggs. Not a thing. The death of Jesus had to do that he was dying for me. He was dying for you. See, now in our lesson this morning, I know I hadn't got read anything yet. We're going we're gonna to study about some of the things that Jesus Christ endured as he was being tried by a false court. Now, I don't mean the court system was false, but I mean the charges was false. Okay? All right. John chapter 19. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus 
and scourged him, and the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put him in a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Now, this is what Jesus is enduring for me and for you. See, can you imagine, think with me a minute, can you imagine these people when they go to judgment and there's Christ on the throne and he is the judge and he calls them forth? They're going to be there. I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. Can you imagine? And he looks at them and says, you put a crown of thorn on my heads. You mocked me as king of the Jews. Now what do you think? Can you imagine that? And oh, the derogatory statements, the derogatory actions that these people put upon him. And this is the Son of God. And you may be wondering, why did he endure that? I'm glad you asked that. For me and you. For me and you. He endured that. See? He endured the uh, cross. He endured the death. See? But this was God. See? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. See, this was the God-man that was being treated this way for you and me. Next verse says, Then came Jesus, uh, no, let me read verse 4. Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto him, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Now this was the chief, this was the chief governor of the area that had life and death power in his hand. The chief man says, I find no fault in him. Well, I guess you didn't, because there was no fault in him. All right? Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate saith unto him, Behold the man. Behold the man. Did I say that to you this morning? Behold the man. Next verse. When the chief priests therefore and officers saw him, they cried out saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. Now, Pilate, although he is claiming back and forth he finds no fault in them, yet he pronounced crucifixion upon him. So Pilate was guilty too. See, 
Pilate was guilty. So, but he, he said, take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, we have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he's made himself the son of God. And can I say this to you this morning? Yes, he did make himself the son of God, because he is the son of God. He is the Son of God. And he still is. He still is. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid. See, when you deal with Jesus in the Spirit, something moves. You may not move in harmony with it, but something moves. Because God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. See? So Pilate knew things were not just right here. He, he had some fear. See? I hope you and I fear. This is the whole duty of man, that he, might, that he would fear God. See? You say, well... Uh, don't we love God as Christians? We do, but yet we fear Him. So the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. If you don't fear God, you're probably not going to find Him. See, you don't fear God, you're not going to find Him. See, or you say, what, what should I fear? Well, first of all, you should fear the judgment that we're all going to. There again, I don't say that to offend you. I just say it because it's true. But Pilate was afraid, all right? And he went again, Pilate went again into the judgment hall and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. What's he saying there? What's he saying there? Well, if we go to Paul's writings, he said that Jesus Christ, that he, everything was created for him, visible and invisible, thrones and powers. So by the force of God, according to Acts chapter 2, Peter's message, God foreordained that Christ would go through all of this for me and you that I'm reading to you, all this debauchery, all this, uh, all this uh, slander that they're slamming at the Lord. See? Now, if you and I were in that place, we would deem it to be very offensive to us. 
But Jesus took the offense for you and I. He took our place. See? But Pilate here is dealing with it. And Pilate had to deal with it because at this time the Romans were in charge of the people of Israel and Pilate was the chief governor. Verse 12 says, From thenceforth Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Galbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover about the sixth hour, and he said unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified, and they took Jesus and led him away. <clears throat> we find what we would call the slang name for that in Oklahoma language would be a kangaroo court. In other words, the, the charges were false. The, the perpetrators were false. The witnesses were false. They could not find witnesses that would agree that Jesus did anything wrong. But once again, it was by the foreknowledge of God that Jesus would suffer all these things. See, <clears throat> and for, for a length of time of approximately 24 hours, <clears throat> Jesus suffered all of this slander that these people could put upon him. And, and if we... If we should go to Matthew and read this, when, when Pilate, I believe I'll turn over there and read that. Uh, Matthew 27, let's look at Matthew 27. <clears throat> I want to make a point here. Matthew 27. <clears throat> let's look at Matthew 27. Verse 25, this same, this same event was being told in the book of Matthew. But we find here in verse 25, uh, let me read 24 to get you 25, because it will be basically what I've already read out of John. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. But I say to you, ladies and gentlemen, what I said last week, you cannot wash away guilt with water. Water does not wash away guilt. 
People says, are you a Christian? Well, I've been baptized. Well, baptism don't get the job done alone. You've been baptized and you've never been saved. You went into the baptism tank, a dry center, and you came out a wet center. So baptism does nothing for you. Neither did this hand-washing symbol that Pilate put on, neither did it take away his reproach. But it was a witness, and it was a witness to them and to us. Pilate really could find nothing wrong with him. So Jesus was innocent. Okay? The next verse. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and our children. What an awful, awful statement to make. I hope that you don't make that statement. I hope that your actions or your fail to do actions do not set you apart that God would let his blood be on your hands. And you know, can I say this to you as your friend? We might say, well, I do pretty good things. I do this, and maybe you do. Maybe you do. But did you know that according to the Bible, my sins and your sins kill Jesus? That's what the Bible says. He died for our sins according to the Scripture, right? He died for our sins according to the Scripture. My sins helped kill him. And I came to that point where I was in the hog pen and said, I'm guilty. I said that to God. I'm guilty of helping kill your son. Oh God, please forgive me. And that's what God wants to hear. Not because I said it, but because it's the way that you get God to forget your past. And he promised, he promised if you trust in him, you shall never perish. Didn't he promise that? You trust him with all your heart, like that hog pen man did, where Chris was talking about. What did he say when he came to the Father? Father, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I have, I have done what? I have sinned against thee and against heaven. See, that's coming to yourself. That's confessing to God what you really are. And that's what God wants to hear. He don't want to hear one, two, three, repeat after me. You don't need some man to tell you what to say. You say, well, when I got saved, I didn't have a very good speech. I didn't either. I didn't know nothing except I was lost and he's the Savior. That's all you got to know. You don't have to know any, any, any doctrine. You just got to know you're a sinner and he's the Savior. See, 
and he will save. And the Bible says, all that come unto him, he will in no wise cast out. See, that means, that tells us that if you sincerely seek the Lord, you'll find him. See? And, and as we said already, believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And I just, I just can't help from bringing up again what the new covenant promised us. See, he that cometh unto me, I will no wise cast out. I'll make this covenant with them, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their heart. Some of y'all, some of you people, knew Chris 10 years ago. Some, of, some, some did. And what happened to him? First time he come to church, he didn't have a suit and a tie on. I can tell you that because I was there. And I just say this not to pick on him, but what a change. What a change. That's what the Holy Spirit will do for you when you get saved. See, and I'm not, I'm not uh, criticizing you, but you may be here and a, a sinner. You may have done some bad things. But you can use that to help you to understand how badly you need a Savior. See? There were some bad things. Those people in the Bible did some bad things. But they got, they got forgiven. See? And when God forgives you, He forgives you forever. If you can get him to forgive you, you got it made. But you got to seek him. You can't just sit on a stool and say, well, I think I'm forgiven. You're not forgiven if God don't let you know in your heart. I don't mean you'll jump over a bench. You might. You might. But you might be like the man in the chariot. You might just go on your way to rejoicing. But do not quit. Can I say this in closing? Because I'm out of time. If you're lost, do not quit seeking God until He does something for you in your heart. There will be a change in your heart. I don't know how you'll express it. I've seen them cry, cry, I've seen them laugh, and I've seen them do nothing. See? So... So I don't judge you on what you do. I mean, we had that, we had that man that, that uh, John and, and Peter went to the temple to pray, and he was asking for alms when they went in there to pray, and Peter said, look on us, and he did. He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee, Rise up in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And the man went leaping and yelling through the temple. And that might be the way it is. That'd be all right. You can leap and rejoice here if you want to. But, but, but we, I don't put any recipe 
on what God will have you to do. See, God, God's in charge of that, not me. So I pray this morning that you won't neglect to seek the Lord. The Bible says, come and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. See, come let us reason together. That's what the man in the hog pen did. He got to reasoning. He got to reasoning. He reasoned and said, man, I'm in bad shape. I'm in bad shape. I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to go to my father, and his expectation was, I'll just be a slave. At least I'll get to eat. But guess what? When he got there, his father says, my son, my son was lost, and now he's found. You see what I mean? God offers you sonship and daughtership through his son, Jesus Christ. And I'm happy for that. And I hope this morning now, and I hope, I hope everything I've said to you, you have not been offended because I said it as a friend. And I said it because the word of God said that. And yes, I confess, there are some scriptures that are negative to mankind. But the good news is, that can be overcome by what Jesus did for us on Calvary. God sent him to be the Savior of the world. See, and as your friend, could I ask you, is he your Savior? He can be. He can be your Savior. He wants to be your Savior. But, but, but you've got you to gotta address your sin with him. See, you've got to address your sin. He that confesseth and forsaketh shall be blessed. All right. Thank you for listening to me this morning. I hope and pray that the Lord's blessed you. I hope that uh, this lesson has been positive to you. I love all of you and hope and pray that God will continue to bless. How many of you?